Hello, friend. I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast, season three. This season, we are taking time to better understand who the women in the New Testament are and their experiences. We will learn more of them, their story, and how Jesus Christ tutored their lives. We will learn more about how much Jesus Christ loves women. For the first 90 days of this season, you can also listen to a second weekly episode. We will be discussing the Book of Mormon. If you aren't aware of the Book of Mormon study group, check out our show notes or the website todayiamenough.com. Each week, I will share my thoughts on the weekly reading and what I took away. I am so grateful you are all here. The big section of chapters, I feel like we are in 3 Nephi 12 through 30, and we are in the thick of Jesus, and it's wonderful. I hope you've all enjoyed reading this, especially after everything that led up to this point. I just feel like it was all a little too close to home and a little too close to how it just feels all the time in our day and age. So the interesting thing about these chapters is the first, let's see, 12 and 13 and 14 are the Sermon on the Mount chapters. It's what Jesus Christ taught when he was in Um, Jerusalem and teaching crowds and crowds of people. We actually recently read this in the Come Follow Me. The guide to the scriptures when you look up the attitudes, I think this is where I found it. It suggested comparing 3 Nephi 12 to the Matthew 5 version. And it was really cool. We put it up on our TV and talked to the kids and went through each one. There are a few really, really significant differences and not not too many but there are some we have the beatitudes the blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are they that mourn blessed are the meek blessed are they who hunger and thirst blessed are the merciful blessed are the pure in heart blessed are the peacemakers blessed are they that uh, are persecuted blessed are they when men revile against you and he goes through each of those And then in verse 44, we have this beautiful verse, but behold, I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you and pray for them who despitefully use you and persecute you. He's teaching them the higher law (laughs) and part of that higher law is loving your enemies and praying for them, praying for those people that are hurting you especially if it's unintentional. I think we just need to do our best to realize people are doing their best and not make up stories about them. But when we take time to pray for other people, it softens our hearts for them and we can better see them as children of God. I love that we are taught in chapter 13 how to pray and given a pattern of prayer. So in six through nine of chapter 13, it says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father who is in secret, and thy Father who is seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And when you pray, use not vain repetition. I feel like this one's so difficult. We need to be thoughtful about our prayers and have them be meaningful and really talk with the Lord instead of just saying the same things over and over. But not ye therefore like unto them, 
for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. And then the pattern of prayer is given. And this is a prayer that in other religions, they repeat often. It just says, um, in this manner, therefore pray ye, our father who art in heaven. So begin by addressing our father in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as is, is in heaven. So being willing to submit, forgive us of our debts. So we need to repent and offer forgiveness to others and lead us not to temptation. We ask for help in our lives and let him know that we are willing. So I just think that's, we always have this, you know, like we thank thee for all these things. Please bless these things. We, you know, forgive me for these things. And those do need to be in there, but I think we also need to remember that it doesn't always have to be in that exact order. In chapter 13, verses 31 through 34, we hear about Heavenly Father knows what you have need of. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things will be added unto you. Have no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or whithersoever shall we be clothed for your Father in heaven knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And then uh, I love that one. I think that one's important to remember. I think especially when we're in the, the middle of the mess that he understands, he knows what we need. And when we trust him, we can receive those things. Chapter 14, verse 7 is another very well-known uh, verse ask and it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be open for everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and him that knocketh it shall be opened and i think we need to remember in those things that we're asking and seeking and knocking for that remember that jesus christ knows all of our needs heavenly father knows everything that we need and so sometimes those things we ask seek and knock for don't come in our timing they come in his Sometimes the answer is no, and something better is given. In 14 verse 15, we are warned about false prophets. It says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are rave, ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. I think false prophets, is anyone teaching against Jesus Christ, the scriptures, and the prophets. It's really easy on social media to find people that claim to be members of the church who do not act and do those things that they should necessarily be doing or teaching, or they just say their opinion and people take it as doctrine. That's probably the biggest problem is people say, well, I think XYZ is right. And so if it doesn't align with the prophets and people decide, oh, this influencer is correct, then that's a problem. So we need to make sure that the things we're doing align with the temple, our covenants, the scriptures, and the teachings of Jesus Christ. And then we also get the wise men and the foolish men. And we need to be reminded here that our foundations need to be firm, built upon the rock of Jesus Christ. In chapter 15, it's talking about the law of Moses being fulfilled through Jesus Christ, that the Nephites are the other sheep that are spoken, and that the people did not understand that. 
they did not understand that the other people I have, which are of this fold, was meaning people in a completely different place. And that is what is beautiful about having the Book of Mormon and having another Testament of Jesus Christ is we can see that these other people that Jesus Christ needed to speak to was the the people in America. And as Jesus is telling them this, it's around verse 17 is where it starts. He says, they understood not because of their stiff neckedness and unbelief, they understood not my word. Therefore, I was commanded to say no more of the father concerning. Then he says that again in 22, they understood me not for they supposed that I had been, it had been the Gentiles. In 23, they understood me not that the Gentiles should not at any time hear my voice. He was talking about the people in America. And I just think that's incredible that we have these two accounts, these two witnesses to testify of this situation of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Chapter 17, it's one of the best, right? This is where Jesus directs the people to ponder all the things that they've done. And they do go back to their homes, I believe, at the beginning of the chapter. And then he gathers them again. And he is filled with compassion towards them. He says, have you any sick among you? Bring them hither. Have you any that are lame or blind or halt or maimed or leopardous or that are withered or that are deaf or that are afflicted in any manner? Bring them hither and I will heal them for I have compassion upon you. My bowels are filled with mercy for I perceive that you desire that I should show unto you that I have what I have done unto your brethren at Jerusalem. For I see that your faith is sufficient that I should heal you. And he did heal them, every one as they were brought forth unto him. It goes back to that one by one principle that we talked about as he let them feel the wounds and see them, is that he healed them one by one until they had been healed. And I like to imagine what that might have been like. Who would be the first person that I would be bringing to him to heal? And what would that experience be like? How would that touch my life and those that were with me, right? And then he has the children come. Blessed are you because of your faith. And now behold, my joy is full. And when he had said these words, he wept and the multitude bear record of it. And he took their little ones one by one and blessed them and prayed unto the father for them. And when he had done this, he wept again and he spake unto the multitude and said unto them, behold your little ones. And then they are surrounded by angels. And so many times in these chapters, we are told that we don't get to have the full story. It is too sacred. The words that were spoken cannot be written. They were constrained to write them. And someday we will get the whole story, but it's not today. In chapter 18, Jesus talks about the sacrament. And in verses 15 through 24, he talks about praying always. He says several times, therefore, you must always pray unto the Father in my name. Pray in your families unto the Father always in my name, that your wives and your children may be blessed. And behold, ye are meet, you shall meet together often, and you shall not forbid any man from coming unto you. You must watch and pray always, lest ye enter temptation. 
must watch and pray always lest you be tempted by the devil. So many times we need to watch, we need to pray, we need to avoid the temptation, and to top it off, we can meet together often. I love verse 15. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you must watch and pray always, lest you be tempted by the devil, and you be led away captive by him. Not just a one and done. Our testimonies are never just a one and done. It's a one and keep going to get another and strengthening what we already have. Verse 24 moves on to talk about light. And he says, therefore, hold up your light that it may shine unto the world. Behold, I am the light which ye shall hold up, that which ye have seen me do. Behold, ye see that I have prayed unto the Father, and ye all have this witness. Come unto me that ye may feel and see, even so shall ye do all the, unto the world. And whosoever breaketh this commandment suffereth himself to be led into temptation. So when we are the light of Christ, we are holding Christ in our life. We are that which we hold. So if we are holding the light of Christ, we become the light of Christ. Chapter 19, I just wanted to touch, there's just so much that Jesus taught in these chapters. So I love verse 9. It says, and they did pray for that which was most desired, and they desired that the Holy Ghost should be given unto them. So the thing that these people most desired was to have the Holy Ghost. There's a few verses later that Jesus goes up from away from the people to pray. And while he's praying, it, which is verses 21 through 23, it talks about that he prayed, Wilt thou give the Holy Ghost unto all those that shall believe in his words? Father, thou hast given them the Holy Ghost because they believe in me. And he's talking, Jesus Christ is talking to the Father about these people and their Holy Ghost. He's advocating for these people right here in the scriptures. And it's an incredible gift to watch this advocating happen because that is how it's going to work for us and how it does work for us. He says, and Father, I pray unto these, I pray unto thee for them, and also all those who shall believe on their words, that they may believe in me, that I may be in them as thou, Father, art in me, and we are one. Chapter 20, verse 6 starts says, Now there had been no bread, neither wine, brought by the disciples, neither by the multitude. But he truly gave unto them bread to eat and also wine to drink. And he said unto them, He that eateth this bread eateth of my body and my soul, and that drinketh of the wine drinketh my blood and my soul. And my soul shall never hunger nor thirst, but shall be filled. So this is the second time they've had the sacrament. It even says in the beginning, Jesus provides bread and wine miraculously and again administrates administers the sacrament. So the bread and water just came. Jesus Christ made them appear somehow and with the power of the priesthood. I just think that's incredible. I don't think I've ever caught on to that story or read that story in quite that way that I knew that Jesus Christ had, had created that bread and made that happen. Chapter 23 is where we're going next, and we are going to look at verses 9 through 14. This is where we learn that the words and teachings of Samuel the Lamanite were never written down 
It's been 39 years since Samuel the Lamanite came. Jesus reminds Nephi in these verses that it was never written down. And Nephi hadn't even realized it. And in verse 10, it says, Yea, Lord, Samuel did prophesy according to thy words, and they were all fulfilled. And Jesus said unto them, Howbeit that ye have not written this tight thing, that many saints did arise and appear unto many, and did minister unto them. And it came to pass that Nephi remembered that this thing had not been written. And Elder Anderson gave a talk called Spiritual Defining Memories in April 2020 that came to mind as I read this. He said, Embrace your sacred memories. Believe them. Write them down. Share them with your family. Trust that they come to you from your Heavenly Father and His beloved Son. Let them be bring patience to your doubts and understanding to your difficulties. I promise you that as you willingly acknowledge and carefully treasure the spiritual defining events in your life, more and more will come to you. Heavenly Father knows you and loves you. Write down the things that are most important, the things that matter and the things that happen that really shape your testimony and who you are. Chapter 28. Jesus is asking his disciples, his 12 disciples, what is it that ye desire of me after I am gone into unto my father? He had many that spoke up quickly and said, we want to come to thy kingdom. And he said, great. So he made it so that I think 72, when they turned 72, they would be lifted up and go live with Jesus Christ. After, yeah, after 72 years old, they would come into me in my kingdom and they shall find rest. And there were three. And he was like, what should should I give you when I've gone to my father? And it says, they sorrowed in their hearts, for they durst not speak unto him the things which they desired. They were a little afraid because of the things that they desired. And he said unto them, behold, I know your thoughts. And you have desired the thing which John, my beloved, who was with me in my ministry before, that I was lifted up by the Jews and desired of him. Therefore, more blessed are ye that you shall never taste of death. But ye shall live to behold all the doings of the Father unto the children of men, even until all things shall be fulfilled according to the will of the Father, when I shall come to your glory in the powers of heaven. And they were changed in the twinkling of an eye from mortality to immortality, and they are not tempted by Satan. I don't even have words. I just think it's incredible. They have desired, it said, he says, and ye have desired that you might bring the souls of men unto me while the world shall stand. Your joy shall be full. So these three men wanted to be missionaries until Jesus Christ comes again. And so we have these four apostles of Jesus Christ that are here somewhere among us. And I just think it's lovely. <laughs> I just think it's so neat. And I just their willingness and the things that they've seen over those years just sounds amazing. There's a lot more information in that chapter about them too. I just want to finish up by reading verse 30. It's two verses. And it starts off with a hearken, which is always an important word when we are reading scriptures. It means we really need to listen. And verse two says, turn all you Gentiles from your wicked ways and repent of your evil doings of your lyings and your deceivings and all of your whoredoms and of your secret abominations and your idolatries and of your murders and your priestcrafts and your envyings and your strifes from all wickedness and abominations and come unto me and be baptized in my name that you may receive a remission of your sins and be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
that ye may be numbered with my people who are of the house of Israel. The last call is to come unto Christ, be baptized, receive a remission of your sins, be filled with the Holy Ghost, and be numbered among his people. That's really what he has been asking these people the whole time to do. And it's what he is asking us to do if we will take the time to do it. I would love to know what you loved about this, what you loved about these chapters. It's just so much. There's so much going on and Jesus is teaching them so much. And I I just love learning it. It was such a fresh, a breath air after so much war. And we know that that's what's coming too. So I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you have enjoyed reading more about the Testament of Jesus Christ in those days and in that time just after he was resurrected. Thank you for joining me. Have a great day.